When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for all things golf, including in-depth interviews, new equipment highlights, and answers to golf questions you might be too afraid to ask. My goal? To help you learn more about the game so you can enjoy it even more. Let's dive in. That's right, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, as always, Adam from GolfUnfiltered.com. You know where to find me on social media, at GolfUnfiltered. And you can send me an email, Adam, at GolfUnfiltered.com. Hope everyone is doing well. Hope everyone is easing in back into their work lives, of course. I'm doing the same, as well as getting off to a great start here in 2022. We are in the season of new equipment releases, and that's going to be part of today's topic. I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the new equipment that we already know is coming, uh, some that's already been released, as well as there's this huge merchandise show, this big trade show that typically takes place every January. And it's returning to Orlando in person, and I'm going to offer a few thoughts on that as well. But before we get into that, a couple announcements. Uh, You may have noticed if you follow on social media, we have a new writer at GolfUnfiltered.com. I know, it's been a long time since I've been able to say that. We've had uh, other writers in the past, but I want to say it's probably been close to five years since we had another person help with the website. And uh, Nikki Dunnigan is our newest featured contributor. She uh, has been on the podcast a couple times in recent weeks, uh, most notably uh, with our mutual friend, uh, Dan Hauser. Uh, he, He and Nikki were able to come on and talk a little bit about the Tiger Woods press conference that everyone was very excited about back towards the end of December. And Nikki was on even before that once to talk through not only what golf means to her, but also shared a lot of great stories regarding golf, how she connects with it, She lives in the Atlanta area, and uh, she talked a lot about the importance of the Masters and Augusta National, uh, that it's played in her life, as well as what she hopes to instill in uh, her children with her family. Uh, So it's a really, really great addition. I'm super excited for her to contribute. She's already got her debut article out on GolfUnfiltered.com, where she talks a lot about mental health, which obviously is a very important topic. It has been a topic in the spotlight for a very long time, uh, especially now with everything that's going on in the world. And we've even seen some of the biggest athletes that we all love and are fans of, and perhaps even those that we're not fans of, talk about mental health, talk about their struggles. And Nikki offers a uh, fantastic perspective, uh, not only how that occurs in golf, but other tangential uh, topics as well to her article. So I I would really really encourage you to go out. It's in the essays uh, section of the website. You'll be able to go to golfandfilter.com, scroll down, and you'll see that there is that section there. All right, so today's topic, as I mentioned, uh, the PGA Merchandise Show is a massive trade show, uh, networking event, probably other things, that takes place every January in Orlando, Florida, at the uh, Orlando Convention Center, which is a massive building. You've heard me do shows 
uh, both on site as well as offering opinions on the show experience itself. And every January, uh, well, more so December to January time frame, maybe even a little earlier these days, uh, we get a bunch of new equipment releases. And this year has been no exception. It's always an exciting time of year. You get to see what new innovations, what new technology, new products that the biggest names and brands in golf are bringing. And obviously, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know that we like to talk a lot about equipment. Now, a few of the releases that have come out recently, truth be told, we kind of knew about already. And this has been a reoccurring theme over the last, oh, I'd say maybe as far as five years ago. Equipment releases have happened more frequently at different parts of the year in recent years. For example, we were hearing about new equipment for 2022, gosh, back all the way in August, whether it be new golf balls, whether it be new putters, maybe a new line of clubs will come out from a uh, brand that has multiple different lines. And ultimately, this kind of builds up to this time of year, beginning of the year, where the big boys, you know, TaylorMade, Callaway, Titleist, Srixon, Cleveland, all these big names kind of give you this big just ball of new equipment that they compete with one another for your attention. It definitely uh, seems like they compete for how many marketing phrases they can use in their product releases. And it almost seems like they're competing, of course, with the technologies that uh, some of whom may have already released many years prior. And I'll get to that here in a second. Now, what's interesting lately, though, is uh, especially with the pandemic and all the ways that different organizations and uh, brands have had to adapt is the PGA Merchandise Show was no different. In 2021, they hosted a virtual PGA Merchandise Show. And admittedly, I was very skeptical. You know, I I, uh, was no longer associated with any other publication. I was just doing my own thing. It was going to be the first time that I had even thought about going to the PGA Merchandise Show. And boom, COVID. And it was a matter of, all right, well, what do you do now, right? Do I even think about doing it? And at the time, I was like, there's absolutely no way that I'm going out to a huge convention center with thousands of other people. There, there was no way at that time that I was going to even think about doing that. And luckily, uh, what, regardless of whatever you feel about the pandemic, luckily, the PGA Merchandise Show organizers were on that same wavelength, and they came up with this virtual uh, experience. Now, I said I was skeptical, Definitely for good reason. It was a very confusing at first platform that they asked us to use. And it was just a completely different experience than what, uh, and, and those of you who have gone to the uh, the merchandise show know what I'm talking about. It was a completely different experience than what we were accustomed to. The PGA merchandise show, for those who haven't been there, and I say this every year I talk about it, it's as much a networking event as an opportunity to see new equipment. In fact, I would go so far as saying the majority of media people that go, uh, they treat the new equipment kind of as a secondary thing. You know, for me, when I was going with other publications and I was, uh, you know, going with other people, 
we were networking, we were talking to people, we were reconnecting with uh, brands as well as, you know, PR agencies, whatever. And it's the first time and in many instances, the only time that you get to see these people face to face. It's a really good relationship strengthening and building uh, opportunity for those who, who want to go. And then with 2021, you obviously didn't have really any of that. There were no dinners after the show. There were no meetups at, you know, I forget the name of the driving range they have out there. It's like Top Golf. Maybe it is Top Golf. I forget what it is. I think it is. But you, you weren't able to do any of that. And instead, much like most of the world, we were confined to our laptop screens and our computer monitors and Zoom calls. And admittedly, there was this uh, pretty easy to use, I would say, at least for me, uh, platform that you could do a video call. You could make an appointment. That's how it works over at the Merchandise Show. You make appointments with brands to sit down, whether it be for 15 minutes, half hour, whatever it is, to meet with brands to talk about their new products, to have for them to ask you questions about what you do. And everything was done over the camera on this. Now, obviously, as I'm sure we've all experienced in our day jobs or whatever it is that we do these last two years, not everyone enjoys technology as much as the next person. You know, I mean, if you're pretty savvy with it, you're going to be able to adapt a lot easier than somebody else. And this was the case with the merchandise show. I know I was able to speak to a handful of brands. I mean, I didn't go crazy with the uh, number of appointments. And I would say that they all went pretty well, but there were definite, you know, I don't know the word here to use, but there were definite opportunities for improvement you could definitely see, right? Now, that being said, we made the best of it. I was still able to connect with a few brands that I hadn't talked to before. For example, I was able to connect with Sick Golf, S-I-K Golf, if uh, you're not familiar. that They're the putter brand. They're an amazing putter brand. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau actually uses one as well as other touring pros. Uh, and I was able to reconnect with other brands that I love, like Bridgestone. I was able to uh, reconnect with Cleveland's, Rickson. You know, these are companies that I talk to all the time anyway, but we were still able to have that one-on-one -on -one connection in the context of this merchandise show. Now, there was a survey that went out after the show. I want to say it may have been a month later. Somebody will keep me honest on that. But a survey did go out, and I answered it. I took it. I was able to, it wasn't very long. Very good questions were asked, all geared towards how did you like this thing that we did? I'm not even going to sit here and try to imagine how difficult it was to not only keep up with whatever guidelines were being recommended and the number of people that still wanted to do something. And by the way, find a fully virtual interface that you could get out for all these people to enter I'm sure that was just a monumental and expensive task to do. And I'm sure that the PGA Merchandise Show organizers lost money. You know, I, I, I shouldn't say I'm sure. I'm, I'm willing to bet that they did. So the survey went out. I haven't seen any results from that. If they were sent out after I didn't see it, I don't know how people thought or what they thought about the experience. I'm willing to guess, knowing how people are, it didn't go over very well. And I'm willing to really bet on that because now, fast forward to this year, 
it's returning to in-person. Now, granted, it's a different world now than it was then. Not too different, but different enough where places are open, depending on what state you go in. And in the state of Florida, you know, let's just call it what it is. There are more places open and regulations are being thought of differently in the state of Florida, which I don't know how much of that plays into this decision to host it face-to-face. I know that there are more regulations being put in place to keep people safe. Um, There were many emails that went out to explain that exactly. But you still have to travel to get there. You don't have any control over what people do outside of the uh, convention center. And then just like everywhere else in the world, people are left to their own devices and choices. So it's a weird time. And at the time of this recording, at least, I feel like I say that phrase every single podcast, by the way. I apologize for that. Um, A lot of people are getting sick. So, again, regardless of what you think about the pandemic, everyone's got their opinions. The fact remains that this thing continues. Yet there's no virtual option for the PGA merchandise show. So here I sit. I'm I'm not going to the merchandise show this year. I've decided that I am just simply not ready to go do that. I have certainly done... I, I've had COVID. You guys know that if you've listened to this. Thankfully, it was a mild case. Thankfully, I'm vaccinated and boosted. And life continues to go on. But I'm just not ready to go do that. And I would... Also, wager, I'm doing a lot of wagering today. I would also wager that I'm not the only one that feels that way. In fact, well, I know that for a fact because I know many other people who you would normally go who aren't going for the same reasons that I'm not. And there's no virtual option. So we we just can't participate. Again, our choice. Not going to sit here and complain about that. I do find it curious, though, that they don't at least have that option. So... Again, if the results were sent out about the survey, if there was something that was just absolutely horrible about the virtual merchandise show experience, I I would like to know what that is. If someone's listening to this and you know what it was, please uh, reach out to me, adam at golfandfilter.com. Send me an email if you want. You can reach out to me on social. I'm genuinely curious because for the most part, it was an okay experience for me. It wasn't perfect. But we were still able to connect and business was still able to be conducted. So I just find it odd because it's almost like, you know, and I don't want to get into this back and forth. And obviously I won't because I'm just talking to you by myself. Uh, but it's it's almost like an entire group of otherwise willing participants aren't able to do it. Now, that being said, I'm sure that same mindset could be applied to many things in society these days. The other thing that's interesting is that brands aren't going back to the PGA merchandise show and some significant ones up until, and I think a lot of it had to do with the status of the pandemic. A lot of companies didn't know what to do. And the uh, exhibitor list has grown almost every week and almost daily And I think the deadline has passed. I'm not sure. I'm sure somebody uh, could keep me honest there. But on the list, there are some obvious omissions. TaylorMade continues to not go. 
They've not gone for the last few years. Callaway, at least the last time, and I checked this morning, the last time I looked at the list, they are not listed as going. And Callaway, for those who have gone to the show, you will remember they are a significant presence on the show floor. I mean, they usually have this massive booth. It's more of like an entertainment center almost. They take up like a city block of the, uh, and that's how big this building is, but they're not going. Titleist is not going. They didn't typically have as big a booth as uh, Callaway, but it was still pretty monumental. I mean, I remember it was always at the end of the the uh, show floor where you just kind of book, you know, you just kind of dead end rather into the Titleist booth. They're not going. Now, there were a few late entries. I, I understand that Bridgestone is going. There was a question uh, whether or not they were going to go. Um, I uh, understand that that was a pretty late decision that they made. I've, I've been informed. And the same with Cleveland Strixon, and there were a number of other brands. I think Ping was always in. Um, they, they, they were going to go, right? <laughs> um, but there were other brands that were really still up in the air. And I, and I can't help but wonder, what does that say about the future of the show itself? You know, I, I don't know. And I've had many conversations with people off the record as well as, you know, just, you know, kind of, you know, BSing, if you will, uh, about this. It, it's a very expensive budget line item for a brand to go to this thing and uh, thousands of dollars in some instances, maybe even hundreds of thousands. And what's the ROI on that? You know, I'm sure, yeah, you've got the sales reps, you've got the, uh, the local pros, you've got the people who want to place orders that still go, but I, I really don't know how much of that needs to take place at the show anymore. I genuinely believe that the PGA Merchandise Show is more for the smaller brands while having the the assist of the presence of the larger established brands. You know what I mean? Like, I'm here to go see the new Callaway Rogue ST, which is the new driver that came out for Callaway. But I'm also going to go down to the apparel end, and I'm also going to go down to the small business end, and I'm going to be able to see all these things that I normally had would have no idea what they are, nor would I care but because I'm in the same building. But as we think about the way that the world is changing and the way that businesses have to adapt, and I think this is going to be the way that we live and work forever now, um, regardless of how much we get COVID under control and whatever else, we have found that there are other ways to do things than the old, let's go face-to-face all the time. Now, let me be clear. I am a fan of going and doing business face-to-face. I, I prefer it, actually. I'm the annoying guy that likes to put my camera on uh, when I'm on a Zoom call. Like, I want to see the person. But I also know that it's expensive sometimes, especially in the, t- in the realm of what we're talking about. So here we have this combination of equipment releases being announced earlier throughout the year, really, coupled with no virtual option for people that either can't travel or don't want to yet, plus the absence of major brands like those that I mentioned 
those three variables to me don't equate to a merchandise show that's sustainable. It just doesn't. At some point, it's going to feel like, okay, we're here, but they're not. And the other thing I'm not quite sure, and, and, and maybe someone's planning on doing this and they're just waiting for this big reveal. Why hasn't a brand done their own thing yet? What is preventing Callaway from doing their own merchandise show? Is it contractual obligation? I'm genuinely asking here. I don't know. Is there copyright? I mean, I, like what, what is preventing? Hell, what, what's preventing me other than time and desire to do it um, from just running a virtual show? And I'm not going to do it. I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to do it. But I guess I could if I had enough people involved. You know, and I think that's the, the, the overarching point is we've found new ways to do things. We have found new ways to connect. We are hearing information sooner and more rapidly than ever before. And we say that every single year. Is there still a value to meeting once a year in a convention center with thousands of people to see things that we've already heard about. I, I don't know. I would go so far as probably not. So is the PGA merchandise show outdated? I mean, I think we're getting close to that. Let me know how you feel. Let me, uh, obviously you know where to find me. Adam at golfunfiltered.com, at golfunfiltered on social media. Now, all of that aside, there are some new equipment releases that have come out. Most notably, two of the name brands that I mentioned before, Callaway, TaylorMade. They've got their new, uh, Callaway side, they've got their new Rogue ST, drivers, fairway woods, hybrids, irons, the whole shebang. They've got that line that's released. Which is interesting because I um, I have had the opportunity to not hit this new line, but rogue lines in the past. And they're they're good. They're definitely good. The drivers are incredible. I've not I don't think I've spent much time with the, the fairway woods and hybrids. I've also hit the irons and eh, I mean, those things are rocket launchers for sure. Um, if that's your thing. You know, you you all if you've listened to me, you know my stance on that, but um I'm interested on the timing of these releases. Like, why not just continue to boost and alter the Apex line, for example? You know, I I don't know. Is there really that big of a demand for Rogue? I, I, I don't know. I've not seen, I don't think, anyone around me, at least. Uh, and I go to, I play golf a lot. <laughs> I've, I've not seen many Rogue irons in, in golf bags. But um, TaylorMade, on the other side... Their new stealth woods, and and I think that's going to be the one of the big stories, from an aesthetic standpoint, uh, is the uh, the TaylorMade Stealth driver, for example. It's got the carbon face, their whole carbon wood thing that they're doing now, um, and it's a different color. We got a preview of it at the PNC Championship. Tiger Woods was hitting it. It's got a red face, at least the one that he was using. Um, one aspect that I, that I really do like, I think is really cool is that TaylorMade offers, uh, through their customization, uh, option, you can get a different color club face. Um, 
seems a little gimmicky, sure, but you know, I'm kind of a sucker for that. I like it. I mean, I if I were to get one of those drivers, I might pick out an orange. I mean, I don't know. Why not? I think it's cool. It's different. What isn't different, though, um, people have been making carbon faces. They've tried it before. Callaway actually did. They had a big Bertha C4, I think it was called, uh, back in 2001, somewhere thereabouts. My understanding is they really couldn't get the launch conditions right. Um, TaylorMade's trying it now. You know, it's interesting, those two brands, um, they they certainly go back and forth. They go back and forth with this type of stuff. I mean, it's not the first time that we've seen those two brands kind of, uh, meh, what word should I use here? <laughs> um, flatter <laughs> each other by maybe borrowing technology that we've seen the other brand do before. You know, it, that's just the name of the game. And, and, you know, you wait for patents to expire. You do, you know, all that stuff, whatever. I'm not a lawyer. They'll get it figured out. But yeah, we see that a lot. So this isn't the first time. My point being is this isn't the first time that there's been a carbon face driver. Um, probably the first time it's been done in this way, but still. Uh, but those are going to be the two big talks. At least they are right now. And of course, we've got a few other releases that are coming up. I should also mention, by the way, that um, Odyssey, another part of Callaway, they've come out with a number of new putters. You should go check those out as well. Um, but other releases that are upcoming that have not been uh, announced as of yet, I imagine. Uh, there was a tease. Our good friend of the program, Noel, uh, uh, over at Srixon in Cleveland, teased that they're going to have about eight new models that come out. I imagine she's referencing under any of the umbrellas. It's Cleveland Srixon Zegzio. I'd imagine that there's going to be new uh, ASICs footwear. Um, so I'm excited to see all of that. They've got the big signing of Brooks Kepka. Uh, recently, so I'm sure that you're going to see his face everywhere, and you're going to see the new equipment in his bag. And of course, oh by the way, they have the reigning Masters champion in Hideki Matsuyama, who's also playing at Kapalua at this time. And of course, we've already seen most other things, as I said before. Mizuno, by the way, shout out to my buddies over there. Their golf clubs that they their irons, holy mother, the Mizuno Pros that they just came out with. I think it's the 221, 223, 225. Those might be the nicest clubs I've ever seen. No offense to anyone else. I love me some Srixon. I love me some Sub-70. You guys know I've started uh, tinkering around a little bit. I've reconnected with those guys, and I'm very happy that I have. But, man, those clubs at Mizuno look good. And I think that those other brands would even admit they, they did a great job with those. The 225s, by the way, um, I was talking to my buddy Chris uh, who's a Mizuno rep here in town. Um, those those might be the sleeper of the year right there. Not only do they look incredible, but uh, there's a lot of tech in that little, it's almost kind of like a muscle bag. It's like a muscle bag wrapped around a cavity bag. It's really interesting. So uh, if you haven't looked into that, we, we'll probably do an episode here in the future on, on that line specifically. But the uh, Mizuno Pro 225s, I gotta tell you, if I can sneak a, if I could sneak a big purchase, <laughs> past a good old, good old Mrs. Gu. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. That's all I'm saying. You know, Chris, if you're listening, Mizuno, Mizuno, Chris, help me out here, buddy. Uh, but anyway, a lot of great stuff. We're gonna talk more about it. You're gonna follow me on social media, or I would invite you to follow me on social media to hear me uh, 
offer some more takes on that. And really quickly, what I've been doing recently on Twitter, at least, is um, you all know that I'm going to try to reach out to more uh, newer golfers. I'm doing that on TikTok as well. I invite you to go out and follow me on, on TikTok as well. Just answering questions that people have about golf. It's really cool. They got a really, really well-engaged group there of new golfers just trying to learn the game. And it's, it's, a, fun, it's a fun app to, to use as well. Um, but what I've been doing on Twitter, the secondhand golf market right now is absurdly good. And I know we all like the new shiny things, and that's great. I encourage you to go and you know support your favorite brands with the new stuff if you have the means to do so. For the rest of us, the secondhand market on eBay, for example, really cool stuff. And I've just been sharing a few things. And I will admit, my buddy Laz... Over there, Versailles from the Fire Pit Collective, he kind of gave me the idea. I didn't steal it from you, Laz. <laughs> he made a joke about that on Twitter the other day. It's it, it's incredible. You go, and especially around this time of year, people got new stuff for Christmas or for the holidays, and they're trying to offload their old stuff. I'm telling you, you can find some good stuff. I just got a, uh, well, they're, they're very old, relatively speaking, but I just got some new uh, Hogan Apex Pluses that got delivered today. 1999, I think. Got them for like $85. I mean, come on. They're they're in really good shape, too. You guys saw me post that on Twitter. I'm going to go hit those if it warms up here in Chicago at any point. It's really cold today. But uh, yeah, check it out. Check me out on Twitter. I'm going to continue to do that every so often. I'll try not to over overdo it. I have a tendency to do that, but whatever. I'm helping you guys out. I've heard a few people put bids on things that I put out there. I'm not selling them, but hey, if I can point you in the right direction, great. That's all I can do, right? Anyway, I'm done rambling. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, We will be back again next week. I I think we're actually going to have an interview next week. It's been a while since we've done one of those. Uh, We've got some good training aids that have come in that I have reviewed on the site, and we're going to talk to the people that have made them possible. So stay tuned. Thanks again for listening. Take care of yourselves. Go out there, be kind. It's weird out there now, but you can control what you do, and I hope that you do. So until next time, take care.